This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95, only Big O Tires with no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Jeremiah Jensen of uh, Channel 5 coming up here momentarily. In fact, let's uh, waste no time. Let's jump out to the Zone phone. As I mentioned, makes the magic happen for KSL 5. He's our friend Jeremiah Jensen. What's going on, Jeremiah? Guys, what's up? How you doing? Hey, Jeremiah, I just want to make one thing clear to you. You know, the key, yes. the key to living right is getting it right. Yeah, that, 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 that's uh, we made that clear in the last segment. That's... Jake, have you have you recovered from that uh, segment yet? I, I was worried. No, I... no. I, Gordon said the the key to to uh, getting paint color right is to get it right. So the key is to get it right. So that's it. Seemed very profound to me, Jeremiah. Trademark. That's great. And, you know, Gordon, I, I have also learned in, in almost 20 years of marriage that she's always right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good way to live. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Austin, have you and uh, Jake learned that yet? Oh, no, man. I'm never wrong. <laughs> see, see, this is, <laughs> you know, you know, Jeremiah, the thing that worries me about Jake saying that is his wife's a lot smarter than he is. Oh, I so sure. I, clearly, yeah. clearly. Mm. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, it's funny. She said to me once, and we were around some friends. She, my wife, said to me once. She said, uh, "How did you ever?" Uh, no, let's see. I said, "You know, I lived for a long time without you before I met you, didn't you? Don't you?" And she goes, "There's a big difference." But oh, I said, "Survive." That's the word I used. And I said, "I survived without you for a long time before uh, before we met." And she said, "There's a big difference between survive and thrive." Yes. So yeah. uh, that's her reaction to that. Two and the fact that you, the fact words. that. See, Jeremiah, will you please tell Jake, because the fact that he would even utter that sentence to his wife, hey, you know, I survived a lot longer before I met you. It's How long have you been married, Jake? I, I've been married. You been married. I should get this right. Seven years. So you so. want to get to 10 or 20, you better listen. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. And I know we're a little distracted, but but she makes me look bad because she's on it. And she's awesome, and everybody realizes it. And then they look right at me, and they say, "God, what is the matter with you?" I look terrible by comparison, so I figure I feel like I have to defend myself. Well, no, don't, don't. That's what Jeremiah and I are saying. <laughs> don't even make the attempt because everybody knows. Just like with us, everybody knows our wives are smarter than we are. We accept it. Yeah, but people yeah. look at me and they're like, "How does this bozo get his pants on in the morning?" <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I need to, you know, say, "Hey, I'm okay too. This isn't a one-sided affair. I got some things going for me." Oh. Jake, it won't be right long now. before you just stop putting the pants on. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe yeah. I'm slow to learn. Gordon's been telling me that for a, for a long time, so maybe it's true. Uh, Jeremiah, I, I'm going to put my, my question for you about BYU football really simply, all right? You ready? Yeah. Why are the Cougs ducking Washington? Because, so let's. I'm, uh, let's assume that that's what they did. Yeah, I, uh, I'm asking very sarcastically, by the way, <laughs> if you could not tell. Uh, they have no reason to play Washington. There's no benefit to that. And, you know, without the guarantee, I get why they do that. I, I think that if BYU is going to add a game to their schedule, it needs to be against, at the very least, a ranked team. 
and and in the best scenario for them, a top 10 team. And on December 5th, there is another top 10 team that has similar goals to BYU that's on the outside looking in that may want to get together and play a game. Uh, I think we know who that team is. So I, I would rather play Cincinnati, a top 10 team, than play Washington. So that, that would be my logic on that. Um, I get why Washington would be frustrated because they want things their way, but I get why BYU did what they did. See, I think Cincinnati does fill the bill. I mean, it, it works. That that would work for BYU. What I worry about, uh, Jeremiah, is if BYU doesn't add another game, they play yeah. San Diego State, which is not particularly – I mean, they're just not a great team. BYU should win that game and win it easily if they show up to play. What what's What's concerning is – if they don't add another game, and then on top of that, they get shut out of a New Year's Six. Now we'll That's never a- know. We'll never have the opportunity to see what is, for by BYU standards, a rather extraordinary team truly be tested. And that would be a shame. Yeah, I agree with you. How I mean, there's, there's very few teams in BYU history that have gone undefeated. I believe the number is one. So to do that again, even in a COVID year with the schedule that they had to put together, would be remarkable for their program. And for them not to get a shot at playing in a New Year's Six, I mean, to end up in a, a regular old bowl game with a team that did what they did this year with a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback would be extremely disappointing. So, I, Gordon, they got to do everything they can to get there. And I, yeah. think that, I think another thing that's motivating this athletic program, let's be honest, there's a, there's a budget shortfall at BYU, right? So that New Year's Six money, or, or let's go even grander, that, that playoff money, would really, really be a boost to this athletic program that's hurting right now. So there's a lot at stake for BYU. They need to push as hard as they can to get as many games on the schedule that are going to help them get where they want to go. Did it strike you guys the way it struck me that when Tom Homo came on, I think they played it at halftime of BYU's game on Saturday, when he essentially was begging BYU fans for money. Did you, did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he was making no bones about it. He was saying, I, I usually don't ask this. I'm asking you now. I'm surprised we're not seeing more schools do this. And perhaps they're not doing it in such a public way. But I, I'm telling you that the, the COVID's done a number on a lot of athletic programs across the country. And the hardest is yet to come, I'm afraid. I, I don't know what's going to happen with college basketball. Obviously, a lot of teams are taking a hit with football. But this is this is a thing that's not going to go away anytime soon. There were already, I think, a lot of a lot of athletic programs across the country, not necessarily the Power Five, but the Group of Five and others that were struggling, and we're starting to see the effects of of what has happened in the economic fallout, and it's going to be severe. And I mean, BYU is an example. I mean, that that's pretty. It, it is alarming to me, uh, Gordon, to see Tom Homo doing doing something like that. But it's necessary because of the situation they're in. Jeremiah Jensen is with us uh, from KSL here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit, Jeremiah, get your initial impression of this year's version of the Utes. At long last, we saw them play. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to evaluate the quarterback position at this point. Um, Cam Rising didn't get a lot of reps. The reps I saw I, I, I left a lot to be desired. That interception on that screen pass, that was really, really bad. Um, but there was also some issues with the offensive line in, the, in that first quarter, uh, so it's tough to assess where he's at. Um, Jake Bentley came in without getting starter reps in practice, and he had some moments, but obviously some that weren't good. So 
overall, I'm really concerned about that quarterback position. I thought the offensive line underperformed. That was really alarming. And they've got all these great weapons at receiver and, and, and running and uh, tight end, and they just couldn't get on the ball as they needed to to, to score points and move, the, and move that offense forward. I was really pleased with the defense. Surprise, surprise, Utah's defense is good. Nine new starters, but I thought, for the most part, I thought the defense was great. Um, you saw them score a touchdown in a game like they always do, forcing turnovers, making plays. So the defense, I think, is right where you'd want it to be. And, and, and considering the amount of youth on that defense, that was really impressive. But the offense, especially quarterback and offensive line, that left a lot to be desired, which is frustrating because I think, especially at the quarterback position, we, we, they got, you know, you fans got spoiled with Tyler Huntley the last couple of years. But before that, you guys know, it was always a struggle to figure out how to, how to get consistency out of that uh, position. And I'm afraid that we, it feels like we're back in that position again. Yeah, but Cameron Ising now looks like he's out for the season. Didn't I read that he's this right. morning? Yeah. yeah. No, he is. So, yeah, he's going to have surgery yeah. to repair his shoulder. Yeah. So that's uh, Jake Bentley. The show is yours. Yeah. Let's see what he can do with a full week uh, reps of, uh, in, and see what he can do against. I don't, I don't know if they're playing Washington or Arizona State this weekend, but um, he'll have a chance to better prove himself. So I'm going to hold out my judgment until I see him play a game with full reps. But I mean, if I, if I'm the Utah coaching staff, I'm thinking, man, we got to get, we got to go out and get a quarterback again, because next year that defense is going to be really good. And you're gonna have a full season. Once COVID's over, you're going to want a quarterback that can really run that offense and get the ball to all those weapons on the outside. You know, taking a, a big picture look at it, uh, I was disappointed in the offensive line play, Jeremiah, because I knew yeah. Utah's run game is 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 going to be fine. The quarterback was going to be a question mark. The receivers are all always a question mark, in, in my opinion. And you can you can count on Keithy, I thought, to to be pretty good, and he was he was okay. But the line was going to be something they they were going to lean on this year, and that that's. Uh, good news for regardless of who's playing quarterback in the line did not look good. I mean, that was supposed to be what kind of disguised the offensive issues a little bit. Yeah, last year you expected some inconsistency because of the youth. And coming into this season, I mean, what, four or five starters returning, this shouldn't have, they shouldn't have looked like that. And, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know for sure I haven't broken down the film of what some of the issues were and why they were happening, but um, that, that can't happen again. They've got to fix that, and you expect more out of these guys. Youth is not an excuse anymore. Uh, you have to be better with that offensive line. Look, Jim Harding has a track record, uh, so I'm going to trust it. I think he's going to get it right with this group. I think they're going to play better in the next game they play. But uh, I'll, like you, Jake, I was really disappointed in the offensive line, and, and, I, and I think that was the major number one reason um, that the, the offense struggled against USC. Offensive line it. play was not good enough. You would think that that'd be a position that Utah could really recruit for and uh, and put some talented guys on on the field, and that seems to be an area in which they've struggled. And but one thing is sure, uh, Jake and I had this conversation, Jeremiah, before that game. How much of a disadvantage it is not having played, and then to go up against a team that's already got two games under its belt. Uh, that's 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 a big ask. It really is, and, uh, and and it showed. It showed in a major way, especially in those areas you guys already discussed. You're absolutely right, and that's why I'm, I'm just really hesitant to make big-picture judgments about their personnel and who they are and where they're at right now because of the circumstances. I, I don't think they were the last team in the country to start playing, right? So everybody else yep. in the country had played except the youth. 
Uh, I can't imagine how difficult that was to spend basically since July when they got to campus, all that time waiting and waiting when you, and, until you're going to play, and then to have to go up against a really good team, a top-20 team that's already had two games under their belt. So that's absolutely fair. And I think we have to, I guess, take an approach to this season and, and, and be careful with our judgments about Utah. I mean, I, I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Um, because this season's not normal, and their circumstances especially are not normal. So um, perhaps you know, from a fan point of view, it's, it's a year where fans can just try to enjoy um, whatever comes, I guess. I, don't, I mean, maybe they're a completely different team this weekend. I have no idea, but they have certainly had uh, very difficult circumstances, and maybe more so than a lot of other teams around the country. What have you thought of the Jazz offseason thus far, Jeremiah? Love it. I think it's great. Um, I, I think they had to re-sign Jordan Clarkson. I think with the you know having him already in house and the ability to offer him more money than anybody else, I think they needed him. They need a sixth man who can come off the bench and, and provide some scoring punch. And I also think when Jordan's in there with Donovan, it takes some pressure off Donovan uh, to be the scorer. So you need you need as many scorers as you can. Jordan Clarkson is that. I thought he was a great fit last year and. and and I, I think it's I think it's a great fit moving forward. And to bring back Derek Favors, such a huge difference in the Jazz defensively from two years ago to last year. And all all I can do is is look at the fact that Derek Favors was no longer there as the difference in why they were worse defensively last year. Maybe there's some other aspects to that, but I think they really miss Derek. And to be able to bring Derek back on that contract and Derek wanting to come back and be here, I think is awesome. And then you look at their draft. I mean, when you're picking 27th, you never know what you're going to get. So, I mean, I, maybe there was a little bit of a reach for Azubuke, but, I mean, he's got some of those, those, those things. You know, he's got that athleticism that you don't often see with seven-footers that have that type of wingspan and length. So maybe that will be a, a, a person they can develop. And I like Hughes in the second round, too. I think they've got a guy that could help you actually potentially uh, crack the rotation if things develop with him, and I like their depth. Obviously, you'd like to see them go out and get um, some more help on the wing, but I think they like the guys they have in there, and you know, you can't have everything, especially this year with money being tighter around the league. So, overall, guys, I like what they've done so far, and it feels like this is who they're going to be, and so we'll look forward to seeing how it all meshes. And, of course, obviously, the Donovan extension, which we knew was coming, but to have it done and to know that that's, that's a, a reality is, is going to be huge for the franchise moving forward. So the extension that has not yet come is the one revolving around uh, Rudy Gobert. Do you think that's going to happen, Jeremiah? That's an impossible question to answer, I guess, accurately. But what are your thoughts on it? Do you, and it's a two-part question. The one is, will the Jazz be willing to offer enough money, uh, maybe not the Supermax, but maybe more than any other team can pay? And do you think Rudy will accept that kind of offer? My answer to your question about will they sign Rudy is yes, but not to a Supermax. If Rudy wants a Supermax and he's holding out for a Supermax, then I think Rudy will be in a different uniform next year because I don't think the Jazz can pay that. I don't know that Rudy's a Supermax player. There's, how many, there's like a, a five Supermax players in the league. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think that Rudy is that, kind of, is that kind of player in the league that you can give a Supermax to. So I, I think that if, if there's a reasonable contract, maybe a little bit more than what he's making right now, then I think the Jazz would be more than willing to offer that. I think they would be willing to give him fair market value, fair market value for uh, an all-NBA center, and, and, and that's who he is. And he deserves a lot, 
and I think he'll get a lot. Does he get a Supermax? I don't think so. If that's what he wants, then I think he's going to have to find it elsewhere. But I do think that him and the Jazz and Rudy are going to get on the same page here. I think Rudy is very self-aware, and I think he's very um, aware of who he is and what role he plays, and not just with the Jazz, but in the whole scheme of the league. I mean, he knows that Donovan Mitchell is the type of superstar player that gets those kind of deals, not him, but he can still get a massive amount of money and be just fine and get the respect that he deserves in that way. So I feel confident that it's going to get done as long as he's not holding out for Supermax. And then I'm not in Rudy's head. I'm not Rudy's agent, so I don't know what they're looking for. But And obviously it's a little bit more complicated than Donovan's, so we'll wait and see what happens. But I feel confident that they're going to come to a, uh, a pleasant conclusion that keeps Rudy in a jazz uniform for years to come. Jeremiah, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it. Enjoy your work and keep up. Uh, yeah, keep it up. Same guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Jeremiah Jensen, our good friend uh, from Channel Five. You know, I love having Jeremiah on because you can cover a lot of ground with him. Wanted to make sure and get his take on the Cougs, Utes, and uh, and of course the Jazz, including uh, how to save your marriage. <laughs> we got we got into a little marriage talk there at the beginning. Listen to the man; he's pretty smart. Well, you know, I'm doing all right. Are you? I'm seven years in. You wouldn't have bet on me making it this long. <laughs> yes, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be doing something right. Do you think I would have uh, officiated your uh, or been the, the officiant of your wedding if I thought it was going to last about six months and then crumble? Uh, uh <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Would you? No, I, don't, I would have probably come with a stern warning toward to you. You know, uh, but uh, not that it was any of my business, but I would have made it my business. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you guys made, you guys both made good decisions. Oh, well, appreciate that, buddy. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, maybe maybe she'll uh, get to a point where she doesn't agree with that take, but let's hope uh, I, I keep on <laughs> fooling her. She just needs to start agreeing with you, right? <laughs> no, see, I, I think we work because, here, it, it, all honesty, she's very type A, as you know. She she mm-hmm. enjoys making decisions and that sort of thing. And I, I am 100% good with going along with uh, with the flow most of the time. Pretty good at going with the flow. Uh, but uh, when I do uh, decide to, to raise my opinion, it is listened to. So that is nice. Next time she asks you for your opinion, do not say it looks good to me. Now, that was bad. Uh, that that didn't go well. But see, I am I'm here to get along. If that's the 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 Christmas decoration she wants to use, fine. I, re- I really should have looked at the price though. So we won't eat yeah. for a week. Because yeah. <laughs> a hundred bucks for a stick. I mean that should be that should be a, 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 an obvious uh, con to uh, to anybody. String included. String included. The, the, the twine comes with it and, and some lights. But if you and want it scent, to, the scent was good. Yeah, yes, and, but if you want it to arc towards the ceiling, it's one twenty. <laughs> Not kidding! Incredible. That was that was one of the funnier intros to our show that we've ever had, Jake. That was well done. Well, and you you noticed, Jake, uh, that Gordon and I listened to every word you said. Yeah, I know. Actually, because it mattered that's to why, us. That's why I repeated what Jake had already <laughs> said about two minutes in. But, <laughs> you did. Oh, well. That did that did happen. Because you were like, hey, I think she she tricked you. <laughs> yes, she tricked me. Welcome to the conversation. Sorry, I was or- I was ordering up my sandwich for the day in the middle of that. Yeah. But it was funny. It was I liked stories like that. They're just, you know, those are the kinds of things that people encounter in their lives that really 
in retrospect, are pretty funny. All right, stay tuned. We'll get to more Big Show coming up, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, this one goes to Kev on a Total Request Tuesday. Sad songs. Just a downer. Oh, man, I've had a rough morning. Uh, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson. You can leave me out of this one. Huh? You don't want to be, you don't want to play along with disappointing or sad songs? <laughs> no, it's just making me sad and disappointed. Well, well, you've got to say why Kev <laughs> wanted to hear this song. He said when when his dog passed, this song would make him emotional. What's the, what's the, what's the song? It's a beautiful song. It's by Keen, K-E-A-N-E. Everybody's Changing is the name of the song. Hmm. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, but the whole reason we were doing that was because at 5 o'clock, BYU fans are going to be disappointed and sad. Like that? Will they be disappointed like <laughs> oh, that? Can we play that? <laughs> can you find that? Oh, you can't bring that up without playing that. That is the that is one of the funnier things I've ever heard. That that little gem of play by play is is the greatest thing that's ever ever happened. That might be as good as bird in the handball on the carpet. Okay, you've got it. Hit it. Well, and then there's Maybe one more the, gone. Yes, one more gone, yes. but not forgotten. And that's uh, our sweet days or our sweet Lucy. Uh, at the age of twelve, she was run over. Oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? Our sweet Daisy. Like that? Will she run over like, like that? Uh, <laughs> that may be uh, that may be the most insensitive play-by-play. Uh, -play maybe. <laughs> what I mean, maybe. There's nothing I can write that would be more insensitive. There's nothing like you can fake. That is... <laughs> Why is he doing it? Why is he doing a dedication to well, Daisy? There's one, one, more yes. one more gone, yes. but not forgotten, and that's uh, our sweet Daisy or our sweet Lucy. Uh, at the age of twelve, she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Oh, I'm sorry, sweet sweet Lucy. Daisy? <laughs> no, it was Lucy. Oh. He corrected himself. Oh, sweet Lucy. Oh, man. Like that? Like was that? she run over like and, that? And, 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 and one. And it was a monster that, dunk, too. Yeah, even before that, it was our sweet Lucy was run over. Oh! Like that? Oh, yes. Well, and then there's Maybe one more gone. Yes. One more gone, yes. but not forgotten. And that's uh, our sweet Daisy, or our sweet Lucy. Uh, at the age of 12, she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> That guy, I guarantee you that guy would Charge not be a, a fun on the Dodge minivan. To live with. I mean, 
Can you imagine putting up with that all the time? Here, here, here! This poor guy is spilling his guts <laughs> like that. <laughs> just, just you know. Oh well, we were going to do something with this segment. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, let's talk about the Jazz for a sec, Gordon, and, and we can bring this back up in the five o'clock hour too. We were going to do some with this segment. <laughs> we were going to. Well, let's 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 be productive here for a couple of minutes, <clears throat> like that. Um, here's uh, Sports Illustrated. Gordon had a, a they gave report cards for everybody's off season, and uh, they were very positive about the Utah Jazz. You want to hear what they said? Yeah, they gave them an A minus, and they said Utah remains a fringe finals contender considering its deep roster. And signing Derek Favors will do wonders for Quinn Snyder's front court rotation. Bringing back Jordan Clarkson should ha- help add scoring punch, and securing Donovan Mitchell long-term likely provides a sigh of relief. The Jazz still sit outside the very top of the West, though, uh, though this should remain a competitive playoff team for much of the next decade. Mm. All right. Well, that sounds that is a rather positive uh, review of where the Jazz are right now. Um, I, I'm not getting the same vibe from, from all around the league. Uh, I've seen some that I think are still underestimating what the Jazz are capable of doing. But uh, but I I think I I see where he's coming from in that review. Yeah yeah and uh, interesting he he makes a nod to the Jazz depth because that was a weakness last year. Yes. Uh-huh. And so as we discussed, I think that's the biggest positive with with Derek Favors coming back is it it not only increases the depth by adding another body and a, a significant upgrade certainly over Tony Bradley, but I think it helps uh, another player namely Joe Ingles significantly where he's got some, a running mate, maybe he can slide more seamlessly into that second unit where he can be a little bit more of a playmaker and use Derek Favors to do that. So I, I think the, that's interesting he, he mentions the depth because that was the biggest issue on the Jazz team last year. Mike Conley, and whether he was good or not, was the biggest story, but really the biggest issue last year was, was the Jazz depth and who came in, uh, who came in off the bench. Now the biggest issue is perimeter defense and uh, whether they can make up uh, some ground there with another move or whether it's going to be, uh, um, a, you know, I, I don't know where it's going to come from. Mia Oni? Where's it going to come from, Jake? I don't know. Royce don't O'Neal know is the is the answer. Royce I mean, O'Neal. still he's still the guy that's going to have to be the dirty work guy, and his role on the team is is even more important now because he's still the only one there to do it. But the point is that they have closed uh, a, a weakness that uh, is now uh, greatly improved. So uh, where they go from here, they're better than they were last year. And I, I think Donovan Mitchell will be a greater force this year, this coming season, than he was last year. And so those are two areas where where you're doing more. You've got better defense and you've got uh, improved offense, at least uh, if Mike Conley is a little more dominant than he was last season. Then, uh, you know, I, 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 I understand why the Jazz are being praised at this point. Now I saw a thing out of Vegas. It had they'd set the lines on number of victories in a 72-game season, and that number seems to vary from about 40 to 43 wins, and uh, that's that's pretty good when you consider how many games are going to be played. But there are other teams, uh, Jake, 
who it might be surprising to some that uh, that are ahead of the Jazz as far as projected wins. A team like Dallas. Do you think Dallas is going to end up with more wins than the Jazz? Well, now the real quick the uh, the the Magic uh, Sports Guessing Wizard in Vegas had the Jazz sixth, right, uh, in the West with those wins I, that I saw, talking about. I saw two of them today, and one of them had them had them tied for fifth with Portland, and one of them had them. Um, I thought they were all right in that neighborhood. So who is is most likely talking odds here because we are not magic uh, sports predicting wizards ourselves? Um, who's likely to finish in front of the Jazz in the West? The Lakers, both, both LA school or yeah, schools, I almost said schools. Uh, who else? Uh, the 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 Warriors are sort of out there, although now that's been uh, will have to be altered to some extent. Uh, I would the, not the put the, the Warriors in that category right now. The Nuggets. The Nuggets. Have been I don't. I, uh, I. The one I saw. Yeah. The, 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 num- the one Magic of the ones Vegas I saw. Sports Wizard. I'm asking you. Yeah. Would you say that they're likely better or finish with more wins than the Jazz? I would not say the Nuggets are likely to finish with more wins than the Jazz. I My opinion. Be, I think it'll be close. I think those two teams could throw a hat over. Uh, the the Warriors are certainly don't put in the likely category. Dallas, I might. Yeah. Could be. We'll see. Uh, Luca, I mean, he's he's electric, and does it work with? Uh, does it finally work with the unicorn Porzingis? And they've made a couple of moves to shore some things up. Um, I don't know if I'd say they're likely to finish with more wins than the Jazz, but that's more of a possibility, in my opinion, than Denver. Oh, I am not sure. I agree with that, but. I think, as I said, I think the Nuggets and the Jazz are fairly comparable. Uh, the Portland, I don't say likely to have a better record than the Jazz. I mean, again, possible. That's why I'm, I'm using the word likely. Because I don't think there are that many teams that you can say are likely to have more wins than the Jazz. Now, maybe it ends up happening, but I don't know if I'd say likely. Clippers Houston, and, and uh, Lakers, I would absolutely say likely. Houston was projected to have more wins than the Jazz if or or right around the same. I think they might have had just a slight edge if the two stars are still playing for the Rockets. Yeah, I'm not putting regardless, I'm not putting Houston into that category. Okay. I think they're they're in the middle of a self implosion. And let's not pretend like the Westbrook Harden thing actually worked last year. So are we forgetting somebody? Uh, that's about it, isn't it? I mean, how, are you a big believer in Phoenix and what uh, what no, they're doing? No. Oh, well, I think, I think they will be improved. But I wouldn't put them in that category. No, I wouldn't. So I, I would say the Jazz would be in that fourth range, somewhere in there. Do you... Are you buying Well, I mean, that? based on this discussion, it could it looks like they could be uh, anywhere from three to seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So it's going to be wide open once again. I mean, should we expect anything different at this point? It seems like it all comes down to two or three games every single year. And I guess I wouldn't expect this year to be any different. I like the way you said it because it it it, uh, it could very likely be third. And it and it you know if things go if everything goes well, it could be climb even higher than that. Uh, if but it could it could just about as likely. B6. Hey, we have a little breaking news here. Uh, this just barely coming out from the Pac-12, uh, literally seconds ago. Quote, uh, after consultation with Arizona State University, the Pac-12 conference announced the game involving Utah at Arizona State scheduled for Sunday, November 29th, will not be played. 
The decision was made under the Pac-12's football policy due to Arizona State University not having the minimum number of scholarship players available uh, uh, for the game as a result of return-to-play protocols involving local public health prescribed quarantines for contact tracing as well as the time required for uh, cardiac testing evaluation results to be completed. Under conference policy, the game will be declared a no contest. We are very disappointed for our student-athletes and our fans to be unable to play uh, this game. While all of us want to see our football student-athletes on the field competing, our number one priority must continue to be the health and safety of all those connected to Pac-12 football programs. What, so, a, what uh, a wordy announcement for just saying, hey, they're not going to play. So does that mean Utah's playing Washington? Uh, that we have not seen quite yet, so... That's got to be it, doesn't it? Got to be the plan. Well, let's let's see how many other you know games get canceled. I guess. Do you think that makes a difference to the attitude about uh, the attitudes toward BYU and Washington that this is going down the way it is right now? Because no matter what they had done, they would have been eclipsed by this news. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think people didn't <laughs> do anything but scratch the surface on that story in the first place. So I don't, I don't know if their uh, per, uh, perspective is going to be swayed more. Nor do I think it matters. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. The Utes look like they're going to be playing the Huskies. Don't know that for a fact yet, but that certainly is the indication. Well, Coach Witt uh, said this morning that he was hoping to know today. Uh, so I think that's actually a good sign because uh, Arizona State was not eligible to return to the practice field until tomorrow. And so th- this is good. Making this decision, making any of these decisions as soon as possible, I think, has its benefits. Which of the teams do you think would have posed a, a stronger challenge and uh, for the Utes, the Huskies or the, the Devils? Well, Washington has looked better than expected so far this year, right? They've how many games have they been able to play? Two or three? I think they lost one, didn't they? The the Cal one. I would have to go back and review that. Uh, but but they're they're decent. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Arizona State. I thought I thought was pretty good, but they've been they, their season's been blown up. Right. We don't know who would would even be able to play. So uh, Washington is indeed 2-0. They did lose that Cal game, but then they beat Oregon State 27-21 and then smashed Arizona 44-27. Okay, so they're 2-1. No, 2-0. Oh, okay. when you say they lost the game. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I put it that way? (laughs) I can see why that would be confusing. My apologies. (laughs) No, they they (laughs) canceled. The game was canceled. Yes, okay. Against uh, Cal in week number one. And then they beat Oregon State and then beat Arizona. Perfectly clear. <laughs> well, I'm glad you corrected me because that. <laughs> well, that sounded funny because yeah. you said they lost the Cal game and then they beat so and so and beat so and so. So they're 2 and 0. Oh, and uh, I'm like, oh. You're supposed to think before you speak, Gordon. I think no, no. Uh, I should have known. No, that. no. I'm saying, you know, my mom always told me, think before you speak. And I didn't there, obviously. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I would guess Washington, but no word has, has come out about that. They haven't rescheduled the game yet. So so that game would be in Seattle, right? Well, I don't know. Is that is that for sure? Where was the Apple Cup scheduled to be? That I don't know. I think it was supposed to be, or I guess I've got it right up in front of me. 
It was supposed to be at Washington State, so they're both supposed to play road games. So I don't know if it would automatically be in Seattle. Oh. I think it's oh. in the rotation, isn't it? Washington's turn to come to Salt Lake. Is it? I was just going off the fact that uh, the Utes were scheduled to go to Tempe. So we'll, we'll get the details on that. We should probably hear about that pretty quick here. Well, the folks are on the phone. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it really matters for the Utes. Uh, they're going to go up against a decent opponent, and they've got the, the, they should not be so concerned about their opponent as they are about putting themselves back together and getting themselves ready to play a football game and get those young players uh, a little more experience. All right. Uh, coming up next, we have a short not sports report, and then Bowler at the top of the five o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Wednesday morning at five o'clock as the day begins. Time for the Nod Sports Report. This is a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Uh, Gordon, we have Bowler coming up top of the 5 o'clock hour, so we've got a quick Nod Sports Report. Where are we going today? We're going to southeastern Utah. Maybe some people heard about this story. But there were there was a helicopter crew that were part of uh, I think they were counting bighorn sheep. That's what they were supposed to be doing. Um, and uh, as they were helicoptering around, one of the people on board said, "What is that?" And they looked down and they saw a ten foot high metal prism that is sticking out of red rock country down there it's like this uh monolith that is planted upright in utah's canyon country and this thing has now this video has now gone viral on the internet and uh officials down there are worried that hordes of people are going to flock to this uh, remote site down there on public land in san juan county but some people are saying that it is uh, of uh, alien origin. That aliens have planted their flag, as it were, in our humble state here in Utah. And you're one of these people, I'm sure. <laughs> well, people are thinking this is this is from an alien. A planet or people or something. And uh, apparently uh, Lieutenant Nick Street of the Utah Highway Patrol, as part of the Department of Public Safety, told the Associated Press, quote, this thing is not from another world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> Austin, you've but why, seen but it. Why, why bury the lead <laughs> when the, the people <laughs> who are actually there go, yeah, this is not uh, something that's from the aliens. But yet then uh, well, the rest of the world says, Aliens! Well, it looks like it, 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 it. No, it looks like it's straight out of uh, uh, you know uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Now let's uh, now consider this just for a second: that there are people out there 
that really enjoy <laughs> messing with people like you. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I believe it one way or the other, but it just sort of caught my attention. You know, in that movie, have you seen 2001 Space Odyssey? Uh-huh. Uh, apparently there's a scene called Dawn of Man. And by the way, that scene was shot in Utah in 1968 where a group of ape-like uh, pre-humans wake up to discover a black uh, rectilinear monolith standing in the rugged desert's landscape. So they gather around and worship the object. So now this object appears out of space. <laughs> hey, if they can end the, the craziness of 2020, I'm ready to, to put myself over to our alien overlords. They can so, take over. So, so you don't believe it? Uh, no. So Bowler's coming up next. It's weird. It's unexplained at this moment, but there's got to be a logical explanation. How do you hammer that thing into that rock? I mean, did someone take like a... Maybe it's a piece of an airplane of... that fell off. I think uh, I think some sort of uh, hammering dragon did it. <laughs> don't be ridiculous, Jake. We're talking about a serious thing here. <laughs> And now, do you think it's more likely that there are dragons or that there are aliens? I own a dragon. His name's Derek. <laughs> Derek the dragon? Derek the dragon. He oh, loves, really? He, huh? he, uh, he loves tacos. If you've ever oh, read the, uh, the famous children's book, Dragons Love I tacos. assume that he likes them hot. Uh, no, they don't like spicy salsa, actually. They don't? It gives them the tummy troubles. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're blowing flames all over the place. Yeah, burn your house down. Uh, Bowlers coming up next. <laughs> Stay Fuego. tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.